unique ways with Thomas Gerard emerges with people from all walks of life who through their own unique angle succeed and flourish. Enjoy the ride and welcome to Unique Ways, an audio podcast. Hey, hey, everyone. Welcome to Unique Ways with Thomas Gerard, an audio podcast. Got a really great guest today. He's lived a nomadic life, um, raised in Calgary, Boston, and Nairobi as a child. And he graduated from Emily Carr University of Art and Design in Vancouver in 2007. Um, Between 2014 and 2016, he attended an acclaimed German school as a guest of a distinguished influence there. Maybe you can talk more about that. Um, Please join me in welcoming Eric Olson. Welcome, Eric. Thanks for for inviting me. It's good to be here. Glad to have you. Are you ready for 20 questions? Yeah, let's do it. Great. Question one, tell me a little bit more about yourself. What do you do? Uh, Well, I'm a painter. I make paintings and sculptures and uh, etchings. Copper plate etchings and sort of between the three of those, it gives me uh, yeah a lot of freedom to kind of explore topics I'm interested in. Um, so as you mentioned, I sorry you know I grew up in I was born in Calgary and the the following week moved to Winnipeg and then moved to Nairobi for a while and pretty much that has continued since and uh, so the the projects for me the painting projects end up being sort of like a vehicle to explore different things I'm interested in and, and go to different places. Uh, Great. Um, just a note for our audience, um, you know, um, we know each other from art school. Um, I remember Eric being um, very kind of poised and seemingly ready to embrace the art world context. Um, so it's super interesting to, to, to see you after all these years. Yeah. It's uh, it's it's great to stay connected with certain people from those, that time at Emily Carr, which was uh, very formative for me. You know, I I went out west uh, when I was eighteen and and instantly found this totally different uh, uh, sort of educational si- situation, I suppose. And uh, a lot of the the things I learned, surprisingly, you know, in that first year, somehow come back to me. Like even the the color mixing class that I took with Ingrid. Koenig at that time later mm-hmm. on really influenced how I think about color and uh, I mean the, the new drawing room I remember going into that class and instantly I, I knew I was in the right place <laughs> so yeah it's good to connect with other you know colleagues from that time great thanks for that um, number two is what's a key piece of knowledge that makes you different um, <laughs> well I think I guess in a way I sort of I think you know everyone is unique um, everyone is different. Um, so I, I suppose I try to embrace that uh, with a lot of the work that I do. Um, so in a way, almost all the paintings somehow come from a, a, an attempt at portraiture, whether that's uh, you know the individual person um, or some of the places I visit, trying to do sort of a portrait of place or landscape. Um, so it's really, a, you know, if, I don't know if it's something that makes me different, but I really try to search out what's unique um, about uh, the different subjects that I, that I sort of pursue. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's fascinating. You know, I was researching you on YouTube and found this interview with you and, um, and just kind of saw that kind of same kind of feeling, I guess, um, in, in that interview and, um, that consistency is super, um, super interesting actually. 
Um, yeah. So number three is why this of all things, why do you do what you do? Uh, well, it's somehow, I, I, I suppose I think of painting and it's somehow being in concert with singing and dancing and these sort of basic forms of, of, uh, communication, I suppose. And, and it's very close to the, the, uh, the human scale, I suppose, just making images for other people, bodies to, to look at and see. And I just, I suppose I, I, I really like to try to pursue that sort of basic, uh, quality of what it is to be a human you know having that at the core of what i do if i can make that work um you know in the midst of all these other really fascinating topics like it's it's even though what i do is very uh somewhat uh simple you know a paint on canvas uh uh i i try to collaborate with other people scientists sometimes um uh or other uh uh, sort of professionals, you know, because I, I think there's so much more going on to be learned from that. But I, I like that sort of my project is, is relatively basic in, in scope in that, you know, it's going to be paintings or sculptures or prints and, and people looking at them in, in hopefully in the real, you know, in the, in, in person. I love that you talk about it in that way. You know, I'm also interested in, it's coming up in a couple of questions, but you're, you're um, shifting location and how that impacts your work. Um, number four is what does your future look like? Um, well, hopefully I'll, I'll continue painting and, uh, and following my interests really, you know, mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, who knows what's coming up and we're living in a very interesting time, right? A very mm -hmm. dynamic time, it seems to me. And, um, I recently read this book by, uh, E.O. Wilson, who sort of, uh, he, he recently passed away, but he was, uh, for a long time, the, the world's leading sort of ant biologist. And, uh, so he was uh, a biologist who was really an expert on ants and how they interact. And, and, uh, I wrote the, or read this one book, um, called the social conquest of earth. And it's sort of a daunting title, but what it's really about is, uh, about, uh, these ooh social creatures, uh, sort of, the most social creatures on earth. And there's sort of a short list of, of organisms that he feels kind of reaches that threshold. Um, and so through these comparisons, it's sort of like bees and ants and termites and humans, he thinks. And there's, a, I think, a naked rat uh, that fits fits the sort of the, the category. Um, but it's a really fascinating book because essentially what he tries to do uh, is from a biological and sort of uh, observation-based standpoint built on all these um, years of studying these animals and finding similarities to, to how humans uh, interact in a social way. Uh, he attempts to, in the book, answer uh, Gauguin's questions that he put out of, uh, you know, where do we come from? What are we? Where are we going? And mm -hmm. uh, it's a fascinating book, and I really encourage everyone to read it if they can, because I think it gives a sort of hopeful uh, and surprisingly optimistic uh, um, reading of, of, you know, the potential for sort of evolutionary change and that we're all sort of in this moment of change. And um, so I suppose ideally I would like my work to sort of follow in that way and, and uh, you know, document the strange time we're in of uh, identity and, and uh, landscape and, and all these things seem to be in, in total shift right now in a positive and negative way. And uh, 
anyway, so hopefully something like that. We'll see. <laughs> That's great. You know, I'm reminded of a previous guest, Dr. Ron Wakari, who um, re recently released a book about uh, more than human worlds. And, mm. um, you know, when I when I read that title, I don't think about ants, but perhaps I should be. Um, number five is let's talk about location. How does the notion of place play into what you do? Um, yeah, I mean, I've, I've thought about it a lot, uh, you know, I suppose just from having moved around so much. Um, but by doing that, I've been able to see how different, uh, you know, different places are and the sort of, uh, you know, the genius lochi of the place, the sort of spirit of the place. Mm -hmm. And, and, um, and so location, I mean, what is location? You know, it's like, yeah, if everything's relative, you know, in some ways, the portraits I think of as sort of like a location, it's a very specific location of that particular person. Um, but then, you know, landscape level location. Uh, and then, I, you know, also then the kind of planetary scale, you know, I did, I did one series where I tried to paint all the planets in our solar system, solar system. Mm -hmm. and, and, and in a way, they were big uh, landscape paintings. Mm -hmm. That's great. Um, you know, I think we're getting more and more kind of color with this um, question and, um, you know, thinking about how we locate ourselves versus the geographic location is, of course, the the question there. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's it's just, yeah, I mean, the geography is. Um, yeah, I mean, it's it, I did a series of paintings um, in Spain. For, for part of the, the pandemic, I was able to be somewhat isolated in Spain. And uh, it was just an opportunity for me where I could sort of leave the studio completely, which is sort of a, at times, sort of a placeless uh, location, which can be wonderful because you can really go off into your ideas and have, you know, uh, a certain amount of control over, or not control over, but there's a there's a context, there's a uh, an open space um, in the studio. But mm -hmm. when I went down to Spain, I painted outside uh, for five months mm -hmm. and just with a classic kind of box, you know, French box easel hiking up into these mountains every day. And it was very sort of romantic in one level, but it was also just seemed like a good idea, you know, because it seemed like such a wonderful way to really um, connect with that particular geography and that place. And um, and in that, yeah, that particular place, it was, yeah, the geography had so much to tell, you know, just in. Um, how the land was formed, but then also this is like southern Spain, southern Andalusia, and uh, evidence of uh, people living in in the caves and in the mountains, and the sort of uh, incredible sense of time that you can get from connecting with geography. And uh, it's uh, yeah. Anyway, it was it was fascinating. Fantastic. Um, six is if you had to start from the beginning, what advice would you give your former younger self? I remember, yeah, showing up to Vancouver when I was 18 and I felt quite intimidated. It felt like I was sort of, you know, coming from Calgary, it felt like I was in the big city or something. Mm. Um, and I remember I took a, an art history class with um, Art Perry, which was, uh, which was a fantastic class. I mean, mm. if anyone got you excited about uh, painting and sculpture and all these things, it was certainly, he, he was one of them. But I remember he was always talking about, you know, these, uh, these groups that would form and, um, um, you know, from like, you know, the Velvet Underground and his interest in that to all these painters. And 
it seemed like like obviously it, it, that you had to connect with all these amazing peers and in order to do anything interesting you know and i think maybe then i found that quite daunting and it, it, i think maybe there's a there's a side of me that's a bit of a always an outsider mm. um and uh be, probably because of moving around so much mm. uh so i think in the beginning i was almost worried like uh well how am i ever going to meet all these people you know mm. um and I think maybe looking back, I, I would say like, don't don't worry about that. You know, just pursue it and pursue the people you're interested in, and 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 hang out with them. And and looking back, I've I've been so lucky in that I've been able to meet so many amazing artists that have been able to, yeah, just uh, just be around them and show with them. Maybe if I was lucky, you know, and uh, maybe it wasn't something to worry about so much. Nice seven is uh, what's a day in your life like. Mm. Uh, really it really depends i mean i i seem to kind of i seem to go in these cycles of um researching or or searching something out sometimes that just means in the library and um in the archives looking through things um sometimes that means a, a motorcycle trip out to mm. uh to some destination or you know there's sort of at some point it's like I'm, I, I realize i'm definitely not really making anything at the moment and i'm just uh, following some vague idea it seems most of the time in the beginning mm. and then i seem to get into a phase where I'm, uh, you know there's a lot of tension because i haven't really figured out what it is the project you know i haven't found the project yet mm. um then at some point i start painting and then it starts slowly building momentum and it's it's not mm. exactly a a pleasant experience sometimes that mm. phase um and then at some point i get, it seemed to get rolling it seemed you know so far so good i guess and uh and then i'll get to oh it's almost the most fun is when it's about 90 percent complete and i love that feeling of really being in it at that point it feels like in the studio's full and i'm i'm hardly sleeping at mm. that point and i'm so i'm waking up pretty early running to the studio painting all day going back you know falling asleep and repeat Mm. And I love that phase, you know, and it's, it's exhausting, but I'm, I'm never as uh, active and, um, and sort of at that point, it's, I've already made many of the decisions or, or all I have to do is kind of get into it because, uh, and make it. And then, um, and then it seems to turn into something that's, that's different than I could have, could have planned at that point. Um, so yeah, each day is really different, but it seems to kind of go in those types of cycles for me. That's awesome. Seldom do we get such rich answers. That's a really good one. Um, number eight is lifelong learning is a popular topic these days. How do you stay up to date? Um, you know, I just uh, I, I just try to pursue you know the the things I'm interested in and uh, and yeah, just put in put in the time. Sometimes you know, learning about things that really have nothing to do with my practice per se. Um, but whether it's, you know, struggling to learn German or, or just, uh, becoming really interested in, you know, astronomy and, uh, getting obsessed with uh, John Herschel for a week or something like this, it's, I enjoy that. And, um, and I, I try to, you know, search it out when I can. Approaching halfway here, number nine, what tools do you use? Are you digital and analog? Uh, I, I use the pretty, the basic thing you know for the paintings just painting on a paint oil paint on canvas uh the wood sculptures are are 
sometimes found pieces of wood or pieces that I've cut and, and pieced together. And again, just with paint and, and the prints are, are um, I've made a lot of these uh, copper plate etchings. Um, and it's just, uh, I, I like these sort of basic uh, tools in a way. I like the constraints of that to a point, uh, but, uh, but I also use computers too. And, but more in a way of uh, making collages or mm. sort of coming up with ideas or ideating things like this. Uh, and then once I start painting, it really goes into just the, the, the painting mode in a way. Great. 10 is how do you deal with work-life balance? Uh, that's a good question. I'm, you know, I'm not sure, I guess just, you know, keep, the motorcycle keeps moving. It's, uh, it's going to stay mm -hmm. upright. So <laughs> I don't know. I love that. Um, 11, if you weren't doing what you do now, what would you be doing? That's, I'm not sure. I, I tried different things, you know, when I was younger, like I, I in some ways I think I could be happy painting houses and, uh, or, uh, something like that but i think it's more that I, there's there's nothing else i wanted to do more you know it, it's i it's something i really wanted to make paintings and uh and you know you don't always feel like that of course and mm -hmm. most of the time you don't want to make or i don't you know uh or it's difficult but uh but there's moments where i it really i was like oh yeah this is i really want to do this for some reason i'm not sure why mm -hmm. Um, what would you not like to do in terms of career? Yeah, um, you know, that's a really tough one too. I'm not sure. No. Um, okay. Um, yeah, there's a lot of things, sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, that's cool. I mean, sometimes sometimes that's, a, that's the right answer. Um, number 13 is what's your favorite word, quote, or sentence? Um, you know, I really liked uh, just one that comes to mind, like in uh, Martin Scorsese's uh, Bob Dylan documentary. Mm. Uh, you know, Bob Dylan says something like, "An artist has to has got to be careful never really to arrive at a place uh, where he thinks he's at somewhere. Mm -hmm. You always have to realize that you're constantly in a state of becoming." As long as you can stay in that realm, you'll sort of be all right. So I think that, um, yeah, that somehow stuck with me. I like, I like that, you know, this, and, you know, I think most of the artists, you know, the painters I admired um, had a certain quality to them in, in what they did. They, allow, they allowed themselves to keep changing. That's great. You know, recently we had John Maeda on and in his book, How to Speak Machine, he talks about that incomplete phase and how mm. that ends up being one of his like five pillars, which is interesting. Yeah, I really thought like I saw there was this incredible um, Monk, uh, Edward Monk exhibition I saw in Dusseldorf. Um, what was it? It was just before the pandemic, uh, 2000, late 2019. Uh, it's just an incredible show uh, of these yeah, it was just stunning show. And you came into the last uh, room and there were these, this huge wall of these uh, life-size, maybe 16 in a row, life-size tall portraits. They're absolutely incredible. But And they were from different eras in his career, but you could really see in that show, I thought, uh, how Monk really kept it 
just on the edge. I think there's a tendency to sort of fill in the, the square, um, whether, you know, whether you're painting or, or doing almost anything, like there's something about that. We, we want to fill in the whole square, mm. but Monk seemed to have that perfect awareness of right when he'd sort of suggested the fullness, but stopped mm. and left it open. And it was, mm. wow, that was like, okay, that's, yeah, it was, he more than maybe anyone or that I can think of in the moment is really, really embodies that. Do you have a least favorite word quote or sentence? Uh, I don't know. I remember once at Emily Carr, just, you know, talking to you, I'm thinking about Emily Carr and whatnot. And there's one teacher yeah. that said, uh, I mean, it's not that bad. It's kind of funny. He said, uh, you know, Vancouver, if you can't make it here, you can't make it anywhere. Or, or if you can't make it there, you can't make it anywhere. Yeah. And, um, and it sort of fills me with dread. I think I was probably like 19 years old, like, oh man, like, <laughs> this is going to be bad. So That's awesome. Um, 15, if you had to pick one word to describe yourself, what would you choose? Uh, curious, I suppose. Perfect. 16, what keeps you up at night? Mm, the bad, the bad nights, uh, migraine headaches, definitely. Uh, the good ones, just like I say, like when I'm really kind of painting, finally really mm. in the painting zone, I, I, do find sometimes I, I'll wake up in the middle of the night and have a uh, sometimes just like a real technical solution. Like I'm thinking, I remember I was trying to figure out, uh, I was struggling with how to um, paint the the atmosphere of the earth on this, this series of the, the planet paintings of all the planets in the solar system. And mm -hmm. it, it seemed to me like, I mean, the, obviously the atmosphere of the earth is, is very particular and unusual in, in compared to the other ones and, and very important. So it was just like, I couldn't figure out how to do it. Um, but I, that one, I woke up in the middle of the night and it was like, and I, I realized I could do this sort of combo with white to phthalo blue, phthalo blue to black, mm -hmm. and and then be able to get the perfect, um, or, or kind of show what I was looking for in that gradation, I guess. So I, yeah, I guess on the good days, it's because it's I'm just fired up and, yeah i don't want to sleep it's <laughs> an awesome answer um so we're in the final stretch number 17 what's a dream you're chasing um well that that uh, outdoor group of paintings i made in spain uh during part of the pandemic um there are all these small paintings that are made outside so there's about 40 of them uh and so i, I just finished a project here and uh, i rented a bigger studio for the winter so i'm going to hopefully try to translate those into uh, a series of larger works and so that's somehow yeah that to me like that whole time is such a weird time during the pandemic and uh hiking into those hills it, it did become something of a dream space or it, or it was something very real but it was it had the sort of the escape of a dream and um so the challenge is i guess to kind of yeah chase that into the bigger painting see if i can um take it to the next it sort of needs to go to uh, the next phase uh for mm -hmm. if it's going to work uh so that's that's definitely what i'm yeah getting ready to chase here 18 what inspires you i think probably like well it's just you know when you when you look really closely at some something you know you think you know really well 
mm-hmm. and, and you find that kind of unusual detail in it that you didn't see before that somehow that's nice mm-hmm. very cool um 19 any advice you'd like to share uh I think you know there's a friend of mine here in Calgary, um, and he uh, he started an ice cream company. And he uh, so years ago he told me he was starting this ice cream company. I was like, okay, like all right, like we'll see how that goes. But he he took two years to um, to really figure out how to make the best ice cream he possibly could. And uh, when I tasted it, it it it, it was somehow amazing. It, it was somehow exceptional. You know, it really was next level. And, and then he started this company called Village Ice Cream, and it's been, it's been very successful for him. And I think the reason why is because he took his time, you know, really. And it's hard to know, like as a painter, maybe it's not, you know, what is the best ice cream, but, um, uh, you know, t- and, and sometimes you're not ready, you know, and you, you know you're not ready, but it, you're not ready because you haven't done it yet, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think the advice is somehow try to trust your instincts and but try to make the best ice cream you can before you you dive into it you know take your time i would say the neighborhood ice cream shop if you're like going there um number 20 is uh kind of a self-promotional bit which you don't need but it's how can our listeners keep tabs on you how do we follow you um well if you're yeah if you're in alberta i've got a couple of shows on right now so one at uh vivian art in calgary and that's until November 6th. And then I have uh, four paintings and a sculpture um, at the Art Gallery of Alberta. And that's gonna be going on until February 26th. Um, So yeah, if you're in the province, check it out. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining, Eric. Um, You know, I feel I really feel that episode as much as I hear it. Um, Your answers uh, are, are, um, are life shifting. It's great. Thank you so much. Thanks so much for having me. If you like today's podcast, I encourage you to have a listen to other episodes. You can easily find them at uniqueways.ca or wherever you find podcasts. You can also find us on social media. And thank you. It's you that makes these great, and it's you who these are for. Stay tuned for more Unique Ways. Mm -hmm.